I agree with you, Wendy. I mean, I mean, one of the things that are just as painful in, in terms of ghosting is when somebody comes to you. I think this is the thing that gets me the most. When someone comes to you, like you were saying, and they say, listen, we have a project. We want to train and grow our leaders, for example. Yeah. And we need you to give us a proposal on how that works. And you go back and you work for long periods of time because you want to give them something that makes sense to them, that you are proud of. And no matter how urgent they make it sound, all of a sudden, it's just not urgent anymore and they don't get back to you. Yes, and for, for us as boutique businesses where we don't have necessarily the, the machines behind us of the, the marketing department, the PR department, we are everything, aren't we? It takes up so much time. It's an incredible amount of time and effort. And I know that people like you and I, won't just go through the motions of, of it. We will inject anything short of a major organ for our proposals and our ideas to really, really come alive. And um, for for us not even to get an acknowledgement, even when they've been asked for, is not only is it disheartening, I, I probably think there's an integrity thing. Dear listeners, it's started. And this episode is somewhat off-brand. Why so? because it initially started off as a casual conversation on the pandemic that is ghosting with my dear friend and colleague Wendy Ganaway, director and chief performance officer of Genius Learning. And it just ended up being a full-scale interview with very interesting insight on ghosting and what to do about it. So on with the show. I did that. Uh, I did that post where where I wrote about ghosting in the newsletter, and I posted it. But I also had done a video just about a year and a few months ago. I remember that it was before the lockdown, before COVID lockdown, and I did a very quick video. It was at the time where I was still doing Thursdays with tea, and it was just around that. And it had gotten to a place where I felt that it was just like you said, it's it's disrespectful to a, to an extent from people not to acknowledge what you have done or your question or your email. And I, I said something along the lines that this just speaks a lot to mm. your character mm. and not mine. I mean, I can send you the worst of requests and it doesn't keep you from saying yes or no. I mean, just to give you an example, I have, I have a couple of watches because I worked for Chanel and I worked for Tiffany and Company and I have these watches that are sitting there in my watch collection that are accumulating dust because lately I have been wearing the Apple Watch because I consider myself to be a sports person, not necessarily an athlete, but I use it because it has the heart rate, it has the exercises, it has everything. So it tells me how much calories I'm burning and so on and so forth. The luxury watches, it's craftsmanship, it's time pieces. So they don't have that. So I'm not wearing them anymore. And they're just sitting there accumulating dust. And I said, okay, so let me try to sell them. But as you would imagine, in these circumstances, nobody wants to buy a luxury watch, mm, yeah. especially one that is as particular as a Chanel and a Tiffany & Co. watch. These are like super collectors. You really have to be into those two brands to want to purchase such a watch. So I decided maybe I can trade it for something. And so I've gone into uh, forums where people sell cars and I've been sending basically messages to people. Uh, would you be open to 
trading your car for these two watches. If you like watches and you just by some odd coincidence, you happen to be someone who likes these watches, then maybe we have a deal. And sure enough, I get answers. Some ghost me, others just say a very simple, straightforward no. And that's it. I don't need more. I don't need someone to say you're lowballing me or what sort of exercise is this that you're doing? Just give me an answer. And I appreciate people who actually take the time to write those two letters. It's more than enough. Or three. Three would be great, but I'm still not getting a yes. At least, at least you know then that you've been seen. Because hey, sometimes, I tell you what I've done. I, I was just getting such a complex about it. I even started sending myself emails. I thought, oh, just check my emails working. Maybe yes, I'm I do that. Something. I, something. And I even kind of sent myself messages and I rec- and I got like ripped to, to sending myself text text messages and uh, ringing myself from another phone thinking, well, my phone still works. So you can't, it can't be the technology because yeah. you know, I don't want to believe bad of people. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I do get it. And I think what it's really made me think about tea is that on during the times when I've been really, really, really busy, like I'm not just talking like knee deep in work, I'm talking like, you know, head high in in work. And with, with people like us in, in SMEs where we are doing everything, we're the finance person, we're the marketing department, we're the sales department, we're the delivery department, I know that I've dropped us through dropped a few balls I know that my inbox has got so overloaded that I've missed some things down there and it's really really made me think about how I am experienced by others especially when I'm in that particular time so you know do they kind of get the thing that you know so why is Wendy not replying even on like whatsapp groups that when I've got space I will, you know, enter into some of those discussions and then yes. all of a sudden uh, I don't with, um, say, some of my friends. And it's not just because I, I don't want to talk to them. It's just that I've got, like, messages galore coming in. It's yeah. really, really made me think about that. But Does my that question mean- is, Wendy, when something like this happens, there's a correlation of things. So you're talking about that maybe odd email or two yeah. that you've received sometime. And because you've received many messages maybe on that particular day so you missed that one email mm-hmm. and it could you could have read it and said okay you know what this is an interesting thing i want to reply to this and you just got carried away with things and you didn't reply to that particular message mm-hmm. and if that person doesn't reply doesn't get back to you they might decide well you know what yeah maybe wendy is super successful now and she doesn't have time for this little request or maybe I sent her a cold email and she doesn't reply to these, so I'm just going to let it go. I wouldn't necessarily say that that is ghosting. The problem that I have is when there is persistence. Yes. When you send that message to that particular person and they don't reply, Mm -hmm. and then you send the second message and they don't reply, and then because you're perseverant and you want to get things done, you send the third message and they don't reply. This is ghosting. Mm. especially especially the worst is how we started this whole conversation in my opinion is when somebody is actually asking you for something and you reply and then they never get back to you so this is really the part where it gets it gets annoying and and i totally understand what you're saying just this morning 
there was someone who is a dance choreographer that I had reached out to about a year ago when I was launching Here's Good News podcast the first season. And I spoke to her because I wanted to get her on the podcast and have a chat with her about her dance studio, how she got into dancing and so on and so forth. And we exchanged a couple of uh, messages and I said, okay, right, uh, let's connect and record. And then I disappeared. I disappeared because I sent the same type of email to tons of people. And then I recorded all throughout that season one and I edited and so on and so forth. And like you said, I just dropped the ball on this one particular person. And she got back to me. I received an email just yesterday, was it? Saying, hey, are you still interested to talk to me? And I said, oh my God, I've been wanting to reach out to her. And, and so I immediately answered. I said, okay, here's, here's the thing. Thank you for reaching out and thank you for your patience. So yes, I ghosted that person. It wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. It's just that I got tied up with things and I appreciate the fact that she got back to me. So sometimes these things do, ha- do happen, mm-hmm. but then the thing that we need to look at is the frequency at which it is happening. Yes, it might have been perceived as ghosting, but because it wasn't intentional on your part. So I I guess what I'm getting is ghosting is when it's intentional, where somebody could reply, but actually they don't want to, or they are avoiding the reply for whatever reason, then that is ghosting. Like, you know, maybe it's a bit like, you know, it makes me, it reminds me of a, the good old days when we could regularly go into shops and yes. and, and coffee places and you might be standing in in line and you're waiting for the barista to do your to do your drink and you're just thinking, I've been waiting a lot. When you don't get any acknowledgement, you you would just like to kind of get like, yeah, thank you for waiting. I'll be with you in a minute. And it's almost like if I don't get eye contact with you, then you can't see me. Invisible. <laughs> it's yes. It's it. It reminds me of that kind of thing. So when it's intentional, yeah. then it's then yes, it's and it I, can be perceived as ghosting, even when it's not intentional. I totally, I, I totally am aligned with that. That's at least that's my belief. Now, there's another aspect of things, and this is something that I do a lot. I mean, it it is. I think I built my business, all of my businesses, on the premise of cold calls and cold emails. Now, nobody answers the phone anymore, and I understand that. There's like a sense of general panic when someone sees their phone ringing. Why is this person calling me? Haven't you heard of? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) There must be an emergency. (laughs) Can't they just text like normal people? (laughs) So I I don't do cold calls as much, but I send a lot of emails to a lot of people. On one hand, for business projects, business prospects, things that I may have seen that made sense to me that I want to learn more about and see what are the opportunities that we might have, brands that I feel towards, I feel strongly towards that I might want to bring to the Middle East and make suggestions to potential collaboration. And so it is very possible that someone would receive an email from me saying, uh, hey, I like your brand. Let's have a discussion. Let's see how we can work together. Now, there are two things that can happen here. Either they actually receive the email Mm -hmm. and then decide not to reply to my nth email, then I understand that they don't want to do business with me and that is ghosting. Or two, my email could have gone straight to junk. It oh, can happen. Happened to me, yeah. So there is, there is that potential. Now, okay, there are certain software that you can use that 
track your emails, whether it has been received or not, whether it has been opened or not. I don't do that. I mean, it's beneficial, but I don't do that because I feel that it removes the benefit of the doubt and it confirms whether that person is ghosting me or not. And I kind of don't want to live with the mindset of knowing that that person read my email, acknowledged what I said in it, and they consciously decided not to answer. I don't want to, I don't want to have that in my mind because I think it will just make me confirm something that I know is unpleasant for me. So I don't want to go by the premise that people are avoiding me, avoiding what I send them. And then it can possibly lead me down a rabbit hole of maybe my proposal wasn't good enough. Uh, maybe what I'm saying doesn't resonate with that person. Maybe they think I'm a total idiot for telling them that I want to represent their brand in the Middle East, you know, and all of these things can happen because this is the effect of ghosting. It can lead someone into that. We cannot afford to get into that mindset, um, especially as a small business. We we can't afford to do that. Uh, yeah, I get that as well. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't particularly want to. I don't particularly want to know from ghosts. So I probably like not want that software as as well. So I so I guess T, what can we do about ghosting? What's the answer? What's the solution? I don't know. What what's the whatever it is? You know, I don't I don't particularly think that there is one specific solution to or an answer to ghosting people are people are going to ghost you whether we want it or not i mean i want to the way that i put it is that perhaps i put people into into two pools so i used to believe in the past that pool number one most people are good pool number two some are bad mm-hmm. and now i'm starting to flip that and I'm starting to think most people are bad, some are good. Now, again, it's a question of perception. And the difficulty of this, I'm just breaking it down into something that is very simplistic. But the difficulty of this is that a person that is good or bad, between quotations, is really subjective. It depends on you as a sender of a message. And it depends, obviously, on the receiver as well, in terms of how they are receiving and perceiving the message and the tone of the message. So these are two different. And because of that subjectivity, then within those good people, some for you may be bad. So it doesn't make any sense. And to illustrate this, a year ago, I sent an email to someone who is in the leasing department of an area. So I wanted, I was looking for a location for a project that I wanted to do. And so I needed a physical location, but I didn't just want to rent that physical location because money is scarce. It's not something that I want to invest in. I wanted to collaborate with them and work with them. So they would offer the space and I would do the project in that area. And I had received her email, her contact details through a friend who knows that person very well because he actually rents a location from that leasing person. So there's a good connection over there. So there's already an introduction. And my friend said, I have spoken to this lady. She's expecting your email. So there's that. Send an email. And as you would imagine, wind, absolutely nothing. I have received zero information, zero acknowledgement, nothing at all. And um, I thought it makes sense because the lady is working for a business. Rental is their business. I would understand that they didn't like the idea of collaborating and me not wanting to pay rent. So they ignored the request. Full circle, just about eight months later, I think, you know what? I still want to do this project. And I've had some bits and pieces of information that came to me on social media that re-sparked the idea. And I thought, you know what? I want to reach out to this lady again and let's see if she replies this time. So I send an email and sure enough, this time she replies. And guess what her reply was? She said, Tari, 
thank you for your email. I am no longer uh, dealing with this business. I am no longer an employee of this company. I am leaving in a few weeks. And here is the person that you should reach out to. They are in copy over here. So it made me thinking, I thought, you know what? You never know what's on the receiving end. Mm. And most probably, because you don't just wake up one day and you say, I'm leaving my job. Yeah. You probably go through specific motions, the part where you have difficulties perhaps with the boss, the part where you start to realize that you're not enjoying that job anymore, the part where you're starting to look for a job. And so when someone sends you a request that requires you to do something that you're not really happy about doing, obviously, you're going to just ghost that person. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I kind of forgive her, I wasn't upset with that person. But I would I forgave her for not answering. And I thought she must have been going through a lot of stuff and that she thought that I am not a priority. My request is not a priority. It's not me. It's my request. So I learned also not to take things personally. So my request is not a priority for her. Now, here's the interesting part. And this is where I answer your question in terms of what is the solution. Right. I replied to her and I said, thank you so much for your answer. I really appreciate it. And thank you for putting me in contact with that other person. Dear other person, can we take a look at that project that I uh, requested? Maybe we can have a chat and talk about it. Two days go by, no answer. And so this morning I said, you know what? I'm going to try something that I haven't tried before and see if it's going to instigate an answer or not. And I just replied and I said, I am really looking forward to your answer. I know that you must be extremely busy taking over this new role. And I appreciate that. And you may not have the time to answer my request. So here's what I'm going to do for you. A very simple, no, we are not interested will do. Or yes, I'll get back to you later. It's not the time for it now. So I gave that person two options. And then as I was writing, I said, you know what, I'm going to even break it down to make it easier. I said, you know what, dear person, actually, just reply to my email with number one, or number two, one being yes, two being no, and I'm just going to wait and see what's going to happen. And if that's that particular person does not want to hit reply, and type in a number, and then send, then we come back to the first thing that you said, it's on them. It's yeah. their character. Yes. It's not on me anymore. I did everything that I could. I simplified it. I made my answer the simplest form possible to two numbers. You're typing three things. Don't tell me you're too busy to actually just hit four, literally four buttons on your keyboard. Yes. That, oh, I'm going to steal that idea. <laughs> I'm going to steal that idea because there's there is something there we don't know what's going on for people and there there is like a big part of us kind of to to be thinking well we don't know what's going on there and this isn't about me this is about the request and how can we make it easier for people to reply and if we can make it as easy as you've just done there just by hitting one button and pressing send if that doesn't work then we know that's ghosting. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Because I know for a fact that my email didn't go to junk. It didn't go to junk because the first lady replied. And so just by her replying and putting the other person in copy, it means that it's going to go into the inbox. It's no longer a valid option that this has gone to, to junk or to trash or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I know that they are receiving my, my emails. And most people today, most people, if not all, they have their, the, the body of the email. So you, whether it's on your phone or on your laptop, you have the sender and then you have like that pane yeah. panel that, that gives you the body of the email. So most people do that. Very few, I know, don't actually have that. And even if they just have received email from X, Y, and Z, there's always that one liner that you can see. Yes. 
So if in that one liner you can you can do your answer to be in just that one line, it please acknowledge yes or no, type one or two, then that person is going to be compelled to say, oh, okay, you know what? No, I'm not interested. And I get a lot of solicitation on on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Uh, people send me, are you looking for this? Are you looking for that? We are a social media management company, or we are this, or we are that. And even though they are cold messages that have absolutely zero research behind them it's the it's the spray and pray sort of thing where people send just I like that yeah when when you send in bulk and you hope that it resonates with someone i still reply to that and linkedin has made it easier the idea of doing that in email is because linkedin has actually done that you, you have those preset yes answers no thanks uh, yes interested so it's just one button, one one click. And I take the time to actually do that because I know that it could be painful for someone to just wait for an answer and never get one. Um, yeah, guilty of that one on LinkedIn. Apologies, people who have contacted me on LinkedIn uh, doing your job, doing the, doing the cold <laughs> approach. I know you're doing your job, right? Yes. <laughs> thank you for reminding me of the preset it, yeah it makes it makes life easier but again like like you said Wendy we we are we are all guilty of that especially with the whatsapps I mean the, the phone messages it's very difficult to catch up with them especially if you have a lot of a lot of, a lot of people have tons of groups on their phones and when you have that many groups then you keep receiving messages and depending on how many people within each group there are then somebody could have asked you directly a question and then because people are replying and you're receiving messages you don't see that and it ends up looking like you're ghosting them but i think to to summarize it i think the one that we are looking for mostly is the one that has bigger implications like yeah. a project like you said you be, you began by saying i sent a proposal and they didn't answer me i do that as well but it's not just it's more harmful to boutique businesses than it is to bigger businesses but bigger businesses also go through the same thing. I mean, it's, it's not just, not that, 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 that's why I say we don't have to take it personally because it's not targeting us personally, but it's just something that has become normalized. And that's why my article said, let's not normalize ghosting. And I, and I cool. love that. I love that. So it stops. It, it stops with us ghosting. Thank you. Um, Tarek, thanks for giving me the prod <laughs> for the mindset piece and also not to turn into the ghost myself the ghosty myself and yeah and the person doing the ghosting so yeah behavior breeds doesn't it so yes exactly exactly i think the i think another another aspect of ghosting that perhaps we want to talk about and then this is where maybe we can think outside the box as to how we can get an answer is the recruitment hr recruitment oh, world yes yes and, uh, that one is painful mm. that one is painful as much as if you are a business owner and you want to do business with someone and you want to get them you want to get an answer out of them, whether they want to buy your product or whether they want to collaborate with you on a project or just work with them or present them with a leadership workshop. Mm. That, in my mind, is okay. You know what? They ghost me. It's on them. They came to me. They are not answering anymore. There is plenty of fish in the sea. I'm mm. going to seek out other clients. But when you are a job seeker oh, and yes. you send your resume and you receive zero answer, that's, that's painful. Yes, that's painful. I know few colleagues uh, and friends that have gone through that and that's just like the most awful thing Heart heartbreaking because yes it's so difficult not to take that personally exactly uh, mm. exactly because it, it basically you're sending a piece of paper that says this, this is who I am yeah and this is what I can do and you know in your heart so I know if you are again if you're doing the spray and pray process you can't hold that against people so 
if you are a junior manager and you're applying for a senior VP or a CEO position, obviously, unless you're a genius and you haven't been given the right opportunity and you can take that job, it doesn't really make sense. And so recruiters have this screening process where they go very quickly and they're going to look at a CV for like no more than seven seconds. Now, now the rule of thumb is that a recruiter or a, or a screening person is going to take a seven second look at your resume and decide whether they want to keep it or not. Add to that everything that is automated systems. And when you are applying through LinkedIn or through the website portal or whatever, that resume doesn't even land in a hand of someone that is going to actually physically look at it for those seven seconds. And so it becomes very important for people to learn how to build a resume that has the elements of what an automated system is going to be looking for. So that's a formatting question. Yeah. So there's there's no harm, no foul, so to speak, when you are doing the spray and pray sort of thing. But then where it becomes painful and disheartening is that when, for example, Wendy, you come to me and you say, you know what, Tarek, there is this company that is looking for a uh, L&D uh, professional. They're looking for, I don't know, a senior manager or a director role. And given a conversation that I've had with them, I think you fit the profile. You're looking for a job. Let's hand your resume in. And then I hand my resume in zero. That's really, that's that's the painful part because you know that there's been a conversation. There's been a, a discussion that you had with someone that said, yeah, they could be right for the, for the position. Let's take a look at their resume. Let's have a chat with them. And they never do. And you can send reminders and you can send messages and they still don't get back to you. This is to your point when it becomes very difficult for you not to take it personally because it's it's okay so they don't like my profile there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with my experience what do i do how do i fix this and there is no real solution for that except for people not ghosting you and saying you know what we took a look at your resume thank you very much bye and i understand them if they have thousands of people coming in then it's up to you to figure out how you are going to work your system to allow you to create those answers if it's yeah. automated, fine. You can receive an automated message saying, we looked at your CV, we studied it, we didn't think that you are right for the role right now, try again later, that's mm -hmm. fine. But when it's a when it's a personal connection, then they have to actually take the time and get back yes. to you. Oh, I and nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news. I think this is the biggest, the biggest difficulty. Nobody wants to come to you and say, you know what, I'm not going to hire you because I don't think you fit. It's a tough conversation. I, I think there's something in that. Uh, they're having the tricky conversation approach. And particularly for like writing it. I mean, some people are happy to have that conversation, but you know, actually finding the right words takes a little bit more brain power, a little bit more effort, a little bit more heart. Going. Yeah. yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah. I don't, yeah, think, it is. we, I don't think we're going to solve it like right now. Right now. No. No, I don't think the, the, the recruitment one is a lot more difficult to handle, mm -hmm. to, to your point, because it's difficult to find the right words. It's difficult to have the, the courage because it takes courage to let someone down, mm -hmm. especially, especially if you are in that position. Given the circumstances now with people who have been furloughed with the lockdown, with people who have lost their jobs, there's literally millions of job seekers out there. And if you're just one HR person in a company that is solicited for jobs and you receive thousands, I mean, if you look at LinkedIn, go into any job request and look at the number of applicants that have sent their resumes to that particular job. The numbers are crazy. Mm. So I can understand if, if I'm receiving in my inbox <laughs> like a resume a minute or a resume every 30 seconds, then I won't be able to look at all of them. So you I understand. You can't possibly do no. that if you're just like one no. person, can you? Yeah. I know yeah. having been in the position where I was a recruiter 
inside a company. Mm. And um, I used to think when it was just me and um, on like graduate recruitment, get a, a deluge of about like 500 CVs coming in thinking, this is me. I can't do all of, all of this. Am I ever going to like read through all of that and take all of that in? It's, that's tough enough when it's that particular number and it's one person and you are a person that also has another day, day job, other day responsibilities as as well so it's um yeah it's yeah it's it is a it's a tricky one isn't it it, it is mm. it is absolutely it is absolutely i have had a few instances where i met with recruiters and we've had a conversation with which seemed to be a very positive mm. conversation and i left that meeting thinking oh okay this this recruiter seems that they've got their stuff together they have good connections and it, the conversation was promising it seems like i'm going to land something out of this and then they disappear and they just completely ghost and you send emails email after email and there's absolutely nothing so when it's when it's a situation like this again ghosting we need to look at it perhaps as a situational element Mm-hmm. So what are the circumstances under which you are being ghosting? You can't expect to send a cold email to someone that you've never met and then have them answer you. It happens, but the probability of that happening is is very low. The difficulty is when you know the person and you've met with them and you've had a good conversation and you've had an agreement mm-hmm. and then they decide that they're just not going to reply to you anymore. I think that's it. When you've met the person, you've had a good conversation and you've had an agreement. So there's a bit of a, there's a commitment that and there's an expectation that's been set as well where I think maybe the trick is is to manage those expectations so if you've had that good conversation and say you're you are a recruiter and you've had that conversation maybe if I was say recruiting you and I and um, we'd had that good conversation and um, and I might say now Tarek I do need to manage your expectations here it's going to be unlikely that you will receive a response within, say, like such and such a time, or, you know, maybe at all, depending on this. If if you had that conversation right up front, I need to just manage your expectations here. That could go uh, a long way. And I'm kind of like picking that one up because I do some work, uh, a bit of a side hustle as a background artist. And with um, some of these casting agencies where they've, they've been asked by production companies to find a certain type, a certain look. I mean, we're, we're background dressing, aren't we? So you will get an approach and they might kind of say, ah, oh, yes, that's that's a great look. And it's all automated. And, and they'll ask you to keep some dates open. But certainly the ones that I work with, they will always, 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 always and they'll manage your expectations and they'll say it's unlikely that you are going to get a response until three days beforehand and they will always give a response whether it's a very polite you know I'm had one yesterday yeah unfortunately you haven't been selected at this particular time so you can release these dates that thank you we'll keep you in mind for any future stuff that comes up even something like that and it's automated they never used to do it like that years ago when I used to do some work with them and it was all done through text messaging and phone call uh, that wasn't the case but having like a simple automated system I think that makes that much easier because um they'll be going out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people and you can just so yes there is the automated aspect of elements right now because of everything is ai basically so it makes it easier for companies to add a software that does that and i've had situations where within an email we bounce a couple of emails and then that person says listen i receive a lot of requests that are similar to this so if i don't answer you it means that either you've not been selected or we're not interested or 
So they give you a heads up, like you are saying, that if no reply to your point, like you said in the beginning, no answer is actually an answer. But they prepared you for that. That's they told you that. your expectations. That's it. If you don't exactly. get a reply, it's a bit like, well, I said it's a bit like, say, like a couple of friends, isn't it? It could be, say, you know, if we were going to like meet up and go for, go for a run and I say, oh, you know, I'm out and about at the moment. Yeah, leave me a message. If you don't get a reply from me, you'll know I can't make that run. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. It's exactly. expectations. There you exactly. go. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I agree with you. Solution, perhaps solution number one, and this is, this is on a trial basis. I still haven't received a, a response from that person, but I, I do that. I try to, I don't have time. I try to do the minimal possible that allows for someone to know what they are getting themselves into. So even if it is, if I'm interested by something and I want to pursue it, but I can't right now, I say, I'll get back to you on this. I've read your email. I've acknowledged it. I'll get back to you on this. And that's it. So you know that eventually I'm going to get back to you. And if I don't, you know that I'm interested. So like you said, you're going to do a follow-up email. Mm -hmm. You're going to send an email and say, okay, I thought you were interested in this. When can we talk about it? So that's, that's one. Simplifying the answer to someone, that's number two. Making it as easy as possible as sending perhaps a yes or a no or a number, giving options and saying, all you need to do is just type even in the subject body, one, two, three, or four, depending on how many yeah. answers you're looking from that person. And I think in terms of cold emails or cold messages, it's very important to keep it very concise because nobody wants to read for more than 10 seconds nowadays. So yeah. the shorter, the sweeter, the more likely it's going to be for you to get a response. Now, there are two other elements. I have not tried those personally, so I can't vouch for their rate of success. Okay. But companies or, or magazines, if you want, such as entrepreneur.com and uh, inc.com, they have spoken about that in terms of, of a remedy for ghosting. So one of them is to genuinely ask about whether the person is okay or not, especially now in the pandemic slash post-pandemic period, health has become, become a, a concern for everyone. So when you don't receive a reply first time, second time, then you can reach out and be genuine about it. It's not just because you want an answer that you do that. Be genuine about it and saying, listen, I've sent a couple of emails or numerous emails. And at this point in time, I am seriously concerned about your health. Are you okay? Yes. Yes, that's nice. So that might prompt a response, depending on the relationship, whether there has been a relationship beforehand or not. If it's a cold email, again, that even, person... even, even if you say, even if you say, I guess, you know, if you don't answer anything else, just let me know if you are okay. Yes. Just, just let me know. Yeah. Ex exactly. I want to know. I want to know that my emails are reaching you. I want to know that you're okay, that you're you're reading my email. Mm -hmm. And then because sometimes also the person on the receiving end doesn't necessarily know what to do with the email that they received. Mm -hmm. In the sense where I remember once when I was working for one of the brands that I was working on and I was handling business development, I received an email that said, I want to be a distributor for your brand in my region. So I thought, okay, first of all, the region that you're talking about is not in my direct scope of control. So I can't make that decision. I can't say yes or no. That's first of all. Second of all, I don't have the contact of the person who's actually handling that region. That's number two. Number three, I don't know if this is a priority for us as a company, as a brand at this point in time to expand into that particular country. So there were three restrictions. I had no answers to that. And so I didn't answer that person. I just forwarded the email to somebody else who might be able to shed some light. And this went on for 
a couple of months. The person kept on sending emails saying, I'm not receiving the reply, what is going on? And then I received that and I said, oh no, not this person again. Okay, I didn't receive the reply. So then it takes me another couple of days because it's not a priority for me. And it's not a priority for the other person that I forwarded the email to. And so we do that back and forth. And then four or five months later, we come back to him and saying, you know what? Not a priority. So we can't help you right now. But it took it took that much time of this person being yeah. frustrated of not receiving that message. So there's always that going on that if a person doesn't know what to do with, with the information that they have on hand, then the best course of action for them is no course of action. Oh, do you know, I, did, I didn't even think of that. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this one. So I'll think about it. I, at best, it might be, I might come back to it once I've thought about it, but then you've got so many other emails coming. But again, Wendy, like we're saying, it all comes back to that one liner. Thank you for your email. I can't help you with it. And I've had that. It was very upsetting for me. I remember. This is really funny. A few years ago, when I before before the pandemic and before the lockdown, before I shifted my mindset in terms of where I spend my money on shoes, I don't do that anymore. And so a few years ago, because I, I used to I used to buy sneakers like there's no tomorrow. And so I bought a pair of sneakers from a seller in Barcelona. Long story short, the shoes got lost in the mail and nobody knew where they were. And the last information that I had was that they landed somewhere in Germany. And so I had to call, I don't I don't remember if it was DHL or another company. A express mail provider. And so I called that company in the in the country of origin, which I think was it was either Barcelona or Germany that I have called. And I managed to get someone who spoke English. And that someone who spoke English just gave me one liner. I don't have information. I can't help you. And they hang up. So obviously it was frustrating because I paid money for the pair of shoes and I and I wanted to know where where they were. But I at least I got an answer. They didn't just put me on hold or they didn't ignore my emails. I got an answer. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just saying, listen, I don't know what to do with this information. It doesn't mean that there's something bad with you. You just don't know what to do with this information. Say it, give, give it to me straight up. And I will say, okay, fine. You know what? Maybe I reached the wrong person. I'm going to look for somebody else who might be able to give me that answer. And I do the back end work myself because I know that the person receiving this email is not going to take the time to mm -hmm. look for the answer for me, given that they don't know. And it's probably not their priority. So it's that one liner. That's all it is. It's a one liner or a, or one buttoner if you've made it easier. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Another another way to try to get a response from someone is to try and go to the N plus one, as they would say. So if I am sending Wendy, for example, I would think, okay, so, so maybe Wendy didn't answer me. Who is Wendy's partner? So let me try to send Caroline. Maybe she would solicit, she will get an answer from either I get an answer from her directly or she will get back to Wendy and say, hey, Wendy, I received yeah. a message from this person. Apparently they reached out to you and you didn't answer. What's the deal on this? This one is a little bit risky. I mean, in the case where I gave the example with you, you and Carol and I are partners, then I would understand that if I reach out to you and you don't answer, you're probably busy. I reach out to Caroline, she's your partner. There's no direct impact on the relationship of the business. Yeah. But if I'm dealing with you in a company, for example, and then I threaten to go over your head to your boss, that may land me to get an answer from you because you don't want your boss to know that you're ghosting people. Yeah. Or on the back end of things, you're going to go to your boss and you're going to say, hey, listen, this guy is going to send you an email and I don't want to deal with that person. So I've been ghosting them. And then you can end up being ghosted by two people or the boss sure enough, enough will get back to you and say, you know what? It's not something that we can do right now. Either way, again, either you get an answer from the person, the N plus one, or you don't, in which case no answer is an answer. Yeah. You've tried everything that you possibly could to get to get something from them. So let's let's try not to make it the norm. Yes. I just don't think, no, it's not going to be a nice place. Try no. it. We'll, we'll try our best. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think I think it's important. It's important for people to understand the impact of mm-hmm. ghosting. I think if solving solving ghosting may may work or may not work with with this, with some of the solutions that we've spoken about, but maybe the the one that we want to keep in keep in mind and send as a message out there is like you said, let's not make it a norm. Mm-hmm. That's that's one and make sure that we understand that when you just ignore someone it's it could be painful for the other person i mean wendy you you and me we're probably mature enough we have enough business acumen to understand that it's not personal mm-hmm. especially again you send a proposal somebody asks you for a proposal you send that they don't get back to you you're not going to sit and ponder over whether the proposal landed with them or not because you put your heart and soul in it you're not going to half-ass a proposal to a client that for sure i know and so knowing that you did your best and they didn't get back to you that's really on them but whoever is on the receiving end i think like you said it's just give an answer no matter how painful it is no matter how small it is it just helps the other person deal with the situation closure is better than just having them wonder about what is going on yeah. big topic isn't it i think we raise awareness and I think just by maybe just by raising awareness of it and the impact of, of it, maybe, maybe it'll make people think twice about whether they ghost or not. After all, I hope so. I not hope Halloween so. every day. No, it's not. It's not. I know. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. <laughs> it shouldn't be. And I think, you know what, uh, Wendy, I think one of one of the things that was eye opening for me is that I realized that during my during my career working within a corporate environment for companies i was an employee i ghosted quite a few people because of what i just mentioned either because i didn't know what to do with this information or because it wasn't a priority and it just fell through the cracks or because i went to someone who knew what to do with it and just said you know what it's not a priority right now so don't even bother with the answer and then you get carried away like you said with the recruiter you receive 500 emails a day with resumes and you have your daily that's on your plate to screen and interview people and phone interviews and screening and so on and so forth so you can't really answer every single email and and when i became the person who was sending messages and not receiving answers i said okay you know what it's not cool i'm sorry that i didn't take the time to send that one liner in the past but i make it a point every time i possibly can to actually give someone a reply well i'm i'm doing that now covered a lot thank you my pleasure This was an off-brand interview with me, Tariq Azmi. Thank you for listening.